0: soundography a crash course in music one band at a time I'm Brian Nibbett. and I am Hammond Chamberlain and we are here today with a very special guest for this uh, episode of you gotta listen to this part of the soundography series uh, welcome back to the show a uh, frequent guest Daniel Kamo hey
1: how's it going guys Good man how you doing yeah it's good it's good. Good. Uh, finally, completing,
0: uh, you know, something that you set up with us uh, years ago. I'm trying to remember when we did the rest of the music for this band, and and let me just go and say the band for those listening is Stabbing Westward.
1: It was before 2016. I can tell you that.
0: Wow! So really early on in the um, soundography wow. uh, library makes
2: me feel old and accomplished all at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right yeah no kidding well that's awesome yeah it looks like it was episode number 37 so would that be either the beginning of the third season or the end of the second i think season? it's the third oh, season, the season, the second season
2: i think it's the end third of the season. beginning of the third because we i just did the notes for where are they now and i'm not sure if stabbing made the where are they now notes okay all right
1: well well that's right
2: yeah, sound, definitely sounds
0: about right. And and uh, what's great about this is this kind of is a, a sort of a where are they now update for this band because you've asked us to listen to the brand new album by Stabbing Westward, which is called Chasing Ghosts. Yes,
2: and it has nothing to do with Papa Emeritus.
0: <laughs> That's right. We're not we're not chasing uh, the band Ghost BC or anything like that. Although. You know, there is, some, there is some audio connection that I certainly hear between these two, these two bands. There are some style similarities. Uh, you could go right from listening to one into another, I think. Let's start off with this. Daniel, what, uh, what made you uh, make us revisit Stabbing Westward?
1: Uh, well, when we did the last episode, Stabbing Westward hadn't had an album since 2002. Mm-hmm. So to say that I was excited to hear that they were releasing music again was an understatement. Uh, I think even when we we had last talk, they were, you know, Chris was off doing the dreaming. And oh that was right. Yeah. Where where things were. But since then, they kind of what ended up happening is they released uh, a song for Cold Waves, which is this a suicide like event that happens in Chicago. And they released a song because they weren't sure where the rights were, if they have the rights to release music or not. So mm-hmm. they did as a test. Can we can we still release music as stabbing Westward? And it worked out. <laughs> and from there they just they released an, another song the next year and then they started to release singles they redid equal jesus they did a, a halloween cover album in 2020 did a couple more singles and then the album itself came out this year in march
0: uh, and you know what it's really really good i, I got to say you know just jump right into our take on the album i really enjoyed it especially especially some 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 tracks that aren't like on the the all music showcasing where they kind of say, oh, you'll like this one and this one and this one. There were a couple on there that I was surprised I liked. Control Z, which is usually, you know, I see something like that and I think, all right, well, this is a song that may not mean anything in like 15 years when we've got some other way of undoing on computers. Um, But I really like that track. I really like Cold. I like the opening track. I am nothing.
1: to the silence will you tell me everything you cannot say am i nothing
0: Do you I really really enjoyed this and i feel like it's it's the most accessible band in that kind of industrial heavy rock kind of sound like nine inch nails or ministry or um, or things like that like this this feels like the the easiest one for me to get into I really really like the sound
2: Hammond how about you what'd you think so if I remember correctly we kind of described these guys as nine inch nails light and yeah I I, I found myself missing the edge on some of the stuff they'd done earlier. There's only a few songs on this album that are actually kind of, I would call heavy. The rest of it's like moody, angsty and kind of more low key and more brooding and less like active aggression that you'd hear in some of the industrial stuff. And it's not that I didn't like it. I just expected, I think my expectations were that this was going to be more Ramstein and less, you know, one Republic. One Republic. <laughs> <What>? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like, I think that what made a big difference is that, you know, they're, everybody's getting older, right? So even the topics of the songs have shifted to be much more older just in their content, let alone... Because almost every song by seven Western is a love song, which is kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And, but even the the types of love song the things they are talking about is relationships that have gone on too long and aren't going anywhere. It's a very more, like, adult version. Like, they've all grown up. Like, you can see from because I think the Darkest Days to me was their strongest album. The self-titled was kind of a you know that's just thing that stabbing Western fans don't really talk about too much. Mm-hmm. I, I think with this they took a lot of the things that they had written about before and then also in the dreaming and just polished it.
0: Evolved it, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's certainly understandable that as a band matures and they they start honing their songwriting, especially after a uh, 15, 16 year hiatus. That they won't be as angry.
2: <laughs> well, and, and that's <laughs> the and that's a, that's the thing start. that I wanted to bring up is like, yes, I yeah. I might have made the one Republic joke, but there's also the reason I did that is the songs are melodic and catchy. Uh, yeah. I did not mean it as a as a put down. It was actually there's there's moments in this where they're expressing act you know like real musical talent and musical expression that they did not do 20 years ago. And you know the two songs that I feel like are heavier, I have nothing to wasteland.
0: All around me desperate people desperately fighting to survive
2: with
1: truths
2: and through the chaos uh, they're they're edgier but even still there's a catchy aspect to them but i feel like could You know, in a different day and age, if the radio still did what the radio used to do, there could be some real crossover attention from this.
0: Yeah, definitely making them a little bit more radio friendly or or soundtrack friendly or, uh, you know, whatever the ways that people discover music. Obviously, YouTube is a way, but um, uh, all these new ways that people can discover music in kind of a mainstream world, this is a little bit more accessible to them and not quite as is heavy um, Daniel What are there some tracks that kind of stand out to you?
1: Um, so I I honestly I'm surprised Brian to hear you didn't say Push in your list of songs that you liked because I'm like that's the one I earmarked as that's going to be Brian's favorite Oh it's really?
0: Um, <laughs> I liked it I liked Push and I liked Damaged Goods Um, the ones I earmarked, though, were 1, 3, and, and 6, which are I Am yeah. Nothing Cold and Control-Z, but, um,
1: yeah, I interesting. I, I think my favorite on the, on the album's book. Uh I really enjoyed that one, too. I think it's just a cool way to talk about a relationship that's kind of ending, you know? It, it, you know this, I, I, I typed up notes too, so clearly as the guys are getting older, the content, the content of their songs is aging with them, right? And to me, never, because I'm such a big Stabbing Westward fan, I can see previous songs that have similar themes, right? So from the self-titled album, there's a song called So Far Away, which is, it, elements of this song are taken from that, but it's just been, the, the music is just much more polished. It's just a better song.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, obviously, I remember saying that you know, uh, agreeing with him, and that they were kind of like a, a lighter nine-inch nails or or you know, nine-inch bolts or something like that. But um, <laughs> four-inch I'm, screws. I'm sure. I, yeah, exactly. I know I enjoyed them when we heard them before, but I don't know if I enjoyed them as much as I did this time around. And it yeah, this really, album is really good. Like it I, really I, is. I, yeah.
1: I intended for you to, to listen to this before it came out and it's like i did take a chance but i knew i was going to like it either way <laughs> it, it's it's definitely their best album like I, I really do think so like i think that uh darkest days is like a it's definitely a an artistic piece right because it's essentially talking about a relationship in four pieces but this is just all of the music this is so totally
2: Now, has the lineup yeah, changed sure. at all since the, in the in the reading 15, 20 years?
1: So, Savvy Westford's had a lot of lineup changes. You guys pointed that out there in the, the previous episode. It's still true, right? So, um, I think that the the foundation of the band was two guys like Walter and Chris, right? And mm-hmm. essentially, that's what brought them together now is that they started to write music together, and that's how this all happened. Um But the guitarist is Carlton Boss. He was in The Dreaming for a while. Bobby Amaro. He was also playing in The Dreaming, but now he's in Stabbing Westward. He's the drummer. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's there's always there's kind of been line of changes throughout, pretty much for every album, um, and multiple across some of the albums.
2: Does Amaro play with Saliva too? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I know he does
1: like a. I think with kids for like drumming, but um, I don't think he is in another
2: band. But- I've, yeah. I've interviewed Bobby and I'm trying to remember what band gotcha. was, okay. was what I was talking to him about. I gotcha.
1: He's from California. It's
0: funny. Yeah. Looking at like Jim Sellers was, was a long time with the band uh, 1990 till the breakup in 2002. And now he and his wife opened up a, a, yeah. uh, a natural foods market, like old yeah. Sellers market.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All, all the band that and kind of, just went off to do other things, I like, kind of as they have gone off, but um, yeah, I don't know what other I'm sure he's got to do other stuff too, but oh, uh, for sure, yeah, then yeah, I'll keep busy. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I think that uh, I Am Nothing's a good song too, it's got a strong introduction, it's a reminder, like to me, like when I first heard that song, it's like this, the stopping Westwood, right? It's
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it, it a lot of the songs are. They're tie-ins to previous songs, right? So I can hear Blink of an Eye in this one. I can hear, you know, Stabbing Westwards television. The same kind of ideas played in there. Um, Mm -hmm. Damaged Goods sounds a lot like their first album, like Ungod, right? And even Cold is kind of, it's just a remake of a song by The Dreaming that's called Beautiful, right? So... They're, you know, being being Stabbing Mustard, they released lots of different versions of the same song, because that's just what industrial bands do. Uh, so, the the single version of Cold sounds better, I think.
0: I'll have and to listen just, to that, because that was one of the ones I, I really liked, so I'll have to see what the the single uh, version sounds like.
1: And then Crawl, I, like, again, Crawl was a good song as an acoustic song when it was a dream, but that's just my preference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the end is a and, and the end is a really good way. I mean, obviously the Beatles did it, you know, and, and an album with a song called The End. But um, this one is another one I really dig. It wasn't it wasn't top of my list and it's a it's a long one. It's seven and a half minutes long. But it's it's one of those that feels like it's multiple song ideas all all merged into one one track, which I like.
2: To answer the question, Bobby does play with saliva. Oh, cool. Hi. There we go.
0: <laughs> Plays with saliva. Seems like a bad idea. I work with kids. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's like it, it's again, that's it's fly away in, in a new version, right? It has kind of the tempo of waking mm. up a son, my mm-hmm. favorite stabbing Westwood song. It's it's like a haunting, it's a slower song. Um so and like, that's not one that's gonna get radio play, but yeah, I I, I like that one a lot.
0: With as much of the band uh, being part of or, or having been part of The Dreaming, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just call this a Dreaming album as opposed to a Stabbing Westward. But um, were both, I guess, were both Christopher and Walter involved with The Dreaming?
1: So originally, uh, The Dreaming was just Chris's side uh, project. Okay. Because um, Walter was doing radio. He's actually a DJ. Um, mm. And he was doing that. And then... He didn't come in until that last Dreaming album. Um, okay. So pretty much when they reconnected, it's like, oh, let's do Stabbing Westward. Because that's kind of, they started the band together, you know, when they started in 1985. So, um, yeah, they've, I, I think it, the fact that they can play the music and not get sued is. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: That yeah. is the, the the key, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, have they,
0: uh, looks like they've done a little bit of touring since they reunited. Have you had a chance to go
1: see them again? So here's the bad news, the want, want of the episodes. So the tour was announced right after the album, uh, yep. but almost all the shows got canceled because Chris has throat cancer. Oh uh, no! Oh jeez! Yeah. So I was going to go to West Virginia, but the show got canceled. And then um, I think he's as far as as far as I know, he's doing okay. He's you know he had surgery, I think, and he's doing okay. But I yeah, I mean, there's a oh, that real chance that you know that's this is it. You know, I hope not.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, oh, is that yeah. uh, Bruce Dickinson had throat cancer and had it operated on, him. he's still out there doing everything Bruce Dickinson can do. So it's not a it's not a death mm-hmm. bell. It's just it's a, an obstacle.
0: It is, yeah, just a hurdle.
1: Yeah, Hmm. I mean, I, I I hope that the recovery is good, but he because he yells so much, I can just imagine how.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. So when they do start touring again, I will see them, but not haven't had a chance. I was, I was planning to. Right.
0: Very
2: cool. Um, Hammond, do
0: you have any uh, any other questions?
2: No, I I just I I was surprised by this because I was expecting uh more of that 90s that mid 90s kind of sound and this came right. off way Carter more yeah this yeah. came off way more orchestrated way more mature way better songwriting and mm-hmm. uh it seems as if they weren't wasting any space on the album there's the songs mm-hmm. all do what they're supposed to do in the time they're given and they're not stretching them out just for noise sake and they're not truncating them to make them fit something they're, they're just using the time that they're allotted in the song to do what the song's supposed to do, which is a really mature thing. It's like you know I'm gonna write till we're done I'm not gonna write till we hit twenty minutes I'm gonna write till we're done and mm-hmm. sometimes that's two and a half minutes sometimes it's seven minutes
0: yeah that that uh what what um what uh made that a not a negative for you I'm not gonna use the word negative, but what that uh the minus for you is a plus for me. <laughs> <That's
2: basically laughs> well, and, it's, and it's not, I'm not saying it's an, it's, I'm not saying it's know, a minus. I'm trying to figure out a good way yeah. to say it.
0: Cause I know it's not a it, minus. It's not a, uh, a complaint, but it's a, it,
2: it a was just, a, a, it was my own expectations going in. I was really expecting again, nine inch nails light. And I got, right. I got Trent Reznor soundtrack, like that next step up in maturity. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Think, like, the big, the big change for me was like, obviously I followed, Chris Hall the whole time because his vocals were the you know part of the reason I got into it but um, I think that when the dreaming came out the dreaming was it was okay like the, the songs of the dreaming are not bad but you can definitely tell that the music construction is a lot of Walter's influence like that everything in the background that just it's just tight and I think that that it, it's the combination of the two of them because I don't I don't know that um, either one of them would be releasing music like that but they just they clearly they you know they got they got the formula right for sure in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, you uh, piqued my interest because I was looking at their discography and I didn't see it immediately. But you piqued my interest with um, mention of a uh, cover album and I just found it. So it was an EP called Hallowed Hymns that yep. they released in 2020, it looks like.
1: Yep, that was right before Halloween.
0: Yep. Yeah, and uh, uh, Burn by The Cure, Every Day is Halloween by Ministry, Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen.
2: Um. This is cool. I've got to pick this up. <laughs> That's better than the cover album we talked about yesterday.
0: Uh, far better than the cover album
2: we talked about <laughs> yesterday. It's,
0: yeah, which was a soundtrack to something or other, and I can't even remember what it was. What it was soundtrack and, and, to a
2: movie called
0: Walking on Sunshine. Walking on Sunshine, right, because we were talking about the uh, the song in, uh, use in uh, uh, about uh, High Fidelity. Yep. And I, and I uncovered this this album, a soundtrack to a movie called "Walking on Sunshine," and it's all it's all covers, and it's
2: horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Night Rider cover versions. It's not even it's not That's good great. cover versions. It's all stuff that like the NBC cover band did for Night Rider.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So look at that. You've you've sold me another stabbing westward album. I'm actually buying the EP right now. Un- unheard because i know i liked this so much that um the so hallowed hymn's a little bit heavier just okay i'm ready for it it's i mean halloween, so you can't do a light cover of of no. uh, ministries every day is halloween right? <laughs>
2: unless yeah. you're unless you're driving mrs satan and then you could probably pull it off
0: well yeah they're the only ones i think that can get away get away with something like that but cool so when we're done with this episode that's something i'm gonna listen to the day after halloween i'm gonna listen to a song called every day is halloween <laughs> only, fitting, right? only yep. right yeah exactly uh very cool anything else you want to add about this this was this was great a great recommendation from you daniel
1: glad you liked it i mean honestly it's it's great to kind of talk about this album i think that you know stabbing Luster was one of those bands that I, I think they got forgotten because they were you know the other industrial band that came out and yeah. nine inch nails is nine inch nails trent Reznor is obviously a force to be reckoned with um, but yeah, it's, it's good to kind of see that they actually were able to put, put, put out another album um, and that it's, it, I think it's fantastic. So um. it really
0: is. Yeah. I yeah, Enjoyed it tremendously. Um, all right. Well, Hammond, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to cover about this. Cover.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. No, I, I I liked it. Don't take any of my, my criticism. Don't say any, any of the words I said as criticism. I'm just trying to draw sonic analogies in my head because right. Yeah. It's
1: very different, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not
2: what I was expecting, which is fine. I don't mind if my expectations weren't met, you know, that's, I'm used to that in music because things always evolve and change, but there was an accessibility to this album that was not in the previous albums. Like this is something I could put on when I'm driving, you know, my wife and kids around and I don't think anyone would complain too much.
0: Now, Tina would totally dig this. Like, I'm going to have her listen to this next time we're in the car together because I think she's going to really like it. Awesome, that's good. Good year. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, for once again introducing us to something that we may not have heard otherwise. Um, do you want to share your social media stuff? Like, do you? Um, I can't. I can never remember. Which of our our guests are now? I'm not really on social media, or oh yeah, you know, tw- pimp my uh, pimp my Twitter page
1: stuff like. That. I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, okay. you know, it's it's fine. Like you can find me at Shaladin if you want to, but I don't. If you message <laughs> me, I'll respond, but I don't really use it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> I'm more on Reddit, you know, these days.
0: Yeah, excellent.
1: Uh, well, fantastic. Well,
0: Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, Hammond, of course, thank you as always. Um, this, this, I guess, will do it. On, oh, go ahead. What, Hammond? I didn't say anything. Oh, weird. I'm hearing my echo back to me. That sounded like you. It sounded uh, uh, much more professional. So I thought, oh, it must have been Hammond. <laughs> uh, on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brian Evans saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on You Gotta Listen to This and Soundography cool because that's right the next one is your sound your you gotta listen yep, this is, is mine camera. yep <laughs>